Hey friends, and welcome to episode 144 of It's About Time, a podcast sharing stories and strategies to inspire better work, life, and balance. I'm your host, time management coach, Anna Dearman-Cornick, and today's episode is all about how to be on time. I mean, it sounds like a simple concept. You just show up on time, right? But I'm pretty sure most people will agree with me when I say it's actually one of the hardest, most complex things out there. I mean, it shouldn't be. In a perfect world, we'd all plan out our days, have plenty of time to get to each destination, skip traffic, hit all the green lights, and arrive at every dentist appointment and soccer practice right on the dot, or even early. And yet... So many people I know, and even people I've coached, count timeliness as one of their weakest skills and being late as one of their worst tendencies. But guess what? Being on time really can be easier than you think. So today, I'm breaking down the simple concept of being on time and telling you my exact framework for arriving at almost every appointment, event, and hangout on time or early. Now, you should also probably know that I used to be the late friend in my group, like embarrassingly late. Just ask my friend Jacob about the time I was so late to meet up for our carpool to a Tiger Stadium tailgate that they almost left me behind. Not to mention that time I got written up by my supervisor for being late to work no less than 17 times. Yes, it's embarrassing. It's mortifying. But I'm just saying that if these tips work for me, a recovered, chronically late person... I promise they can work for you too. In this episode, I'm going to talk about the real reason you're constantly running late. You'll hear three ways to stop being late for everything and why transition time absolutely deserves a spot on your calendar. And be sure to listen in for my secret to showing up feeling calm and relaxed instead of frazzled and overwhelmed. And because I know you're probably making the most of your time and you're listening in the car while you're running errands or you're trying to make it somewhere on time yourself right now, it might be a little inconvenient for you to stop what you're doing and take notes. But don't worry, I've got you covered. You can find all the details from this episode over in the show notes, plus links to any of the resources I'll mention. Today's show notes can be found over at abouttimepodcast.com forward slash 144. All right, it's about time we get started, so let's get this show on the road. You're listening to It's About Time, a podcast about work, life, and balance. Around here, we believe that busy is not a badge of honor. Your host, Anna Dearman Cornick, is here to share tips and strategies to help you make the most of your time. Listen in on real conversations and success stories to find out how other go-getters are getting things done. If you're ready to step away from the overwhelm and spend your time on what matters most, then you're in the right place. Here's your host, time management coach, Anna Dearman Cornick. Why is it so hard to be on time? 
If you're a habitual procrastinator, I'm about to change your entire perspective on timeliness. No, it's not about being lazy or not respecting other people's time. In fact, people who are often late simply perceive time differently than other people. Seriously, Jeff Conte, PhD, an associate professor of psychology at San Diego State University, actually studied lateness. How interesting is that? And discovered that there were deep-rooted personality traits underlying the habits of tardiness. This is a fantastic discovery. This is great news. For one, it means that lateness isn't generally a conscious choice. And for two, it means that there are skills and habits you can pick up that will help you be on time far more regularly. Yes, changing your lateness habit is possible. So here are three simple ways that you can say goodbye to being tardy for the party for good. First, it all starts with a plan. If you're new here, hi, I'm Anna, and there's nothing I love in the world more than a good plan. True story, I've been making itineraries since I was in kindergarten. Now, I can't live without a weekly planning session. It's my time to sit down and map out the week ahead. This 30 minutes that I spend taking a look and getting an overview of the next seven days saves me hours of time that could have been wasted or lost without investing that 30 minutes in planning. When I'm doing my weekly planning session, I take a look at the week ahead and I look at what deadlines are on the horizon, what meetings are on the calendar. Then I look for the tough spots and make some decisions. I especially pay attention to the early morning meetings that'll impact daycare drop-off, the late afternoon phone calls that impact prepping for dinner, and the evening speaking engagements that bump into our bedtime routine. Now that Millie's getting older, her activities are in the mix too. Does Millie have a dance class 15 minutes after my last meeting is supposed to end? Can I reasonably wrap up that call and make it to Carline by three, especially if there's a delay or a traffic issue? Sometimes those tough spots are unavoidable and you have to do your best to hold firm to your boundaries and hustle to your commitments. But other times it's possible to shift something around like a meeting start time, for example, so you're not late or running around like a chicken with your head cut off or both. Which leads me right to my next point. Add transition time blocks to your calendar. This is a habit I picked up from my time as a scheduler to a United States congressman early in my career. Every minute of his day had to be accounted for, and that included any time spent walking from the second floor of the Rayburn House office building to the committee rooms or all the way to the House floor in the Capitol. When I started doing this in my own calendar, my entire life changed. Personal, professional, you name it. I don't know why I didn't start doing it sooner. But the thing is, even when you plan out your days and weeks perfectly, getting all of the meetings and time blocks right, we're still humans. And humans tend to overlook the small things, like transition time. So what exactly is transition time? 
Well, it's the time you spend going from point A to point B. The time spent going from the salon to your car in the parking garage, or the time it takes to drive around and find a parking spot in the Target parking lot. Or it's the quick chat the receptionist has with you on your way out of the doctor's office. These things might take only a few minutes, but those few minutes can quickly add up, especially if you've got a jam-packed schedule where every minute counts. So instead of just putting meetings and appointments and work time blocks in my calendar, I also add in time blocks to represent transition time, which in my case usually looks like drive time. I use recurring or repeating time blocks in my Google Calendar to represent my most common daily drives. There's a recurring transition time block in each weekday called daycare drop-off round trip, That accounts for the 30 minutes it takes to drive from my house to daycare, sit in the car line, and then drive back home. Plus, I add in about five minutes of buffer time in case I want to stop on the way home for an iced coffee. There's also a recurring transition time block on Wednesdays when Millie has dance class. I have transition time blocked out to represent the drive to daycare, getting her snapped into the car seat, then driving to the dance studio, finding a parking spot, and getting her changed into her pink tutu and ballet slippers in time for class without feeling rushed. The dance studio can be a madhouse of moms and little girls, and if Millie feels flustered in the transitions, sometimes she gets really overwhelmed. It's a lot for a three-year-old to handle, so I've learned how important it is to build in transition time to meet her needs too. And when it comes down to it, we're all just grown-up toddlers, right? If you get easily overwhelmed in crowds or you get overwhelmed trying to find a parking spot or going to a new place, blocking out transition time can help you get where you're going, feeling calmer and more relaxed instead of wound up and on edge. Okay, y'all, so I know we could all probably use a little more time in our day, right? You're no stranger to busy schedules and intentionally filling them up to the brim because you just have so much to get done. But sometimes it feels like you don't really ever have the time to just slow down and enjoy the simple things. Simple things like when my toddlers are giggling and playing nicely together in the backyard, or when a Sunday afternoon nap sounds too good to pass up. We all want more time to enjoy these kinds of things, right? Well, if you love personality quizzes like I do, then you're in for a treat. In my new quiz, which you can take for free at AnnaDKornick.com forward slash quiz, I'm helping you uncover what it will take to get you from chaos to calm, to finally feel like you have space in your days. I know it can feel downright frustrating to keep using the same old time management strategies that just don't seem to work for you. You've got the planners, the calendars, apps, you're doing all the things, but you still feel like you have no time. And that's because you need time management strategies that work for your personality and your life. In my 10 plus years working in crisis communications and chaos management, and all the time I've spent with my clients, I've learned that everyone has their own needs. 
And knowing what those needs are can really help you discover the best approach to planning your days. Knowing yourself can help you ease up busy schedules and find more calm and clarity in your week. Do you want to know how to get there? To have more breathing room in your days? Let's figure out your time management personality type so you can uncover exactly what you need to do to feel more productive, less stressed, and more balanced. You can take the quiz at AnnaDCornick.com forward slash quiz, and I'll make sure to link to the quiz in our show notes. All right, on with the show. Now, I get that it might seem weird to put time blocks in my calendar for the exact same drive I make five days a week, but those recurring transition time blocks help me protect myself from accidentally overbooking myself. They hold the space and they protect me from accidentally scheduling two things too close together. Often, when we're making an appointment or we're scheduling a meeting, When we just glance at our calendar quickly and see an open space, in that moment, we can just assume or feel like that open space equals free time. But that's definitely not always the case, especially when it comes to transitions. Blocking out that repeating transition time makes decisions and scheduling appointments so much easier because they repeat week after week in my calendar. I don't have to manually add them in every day or every week. When I need them, they're there. It's also a huge help when you use an automated scheduling system like I do. Instead of the back and forth of scheduling podcast interviews over email, are you available at this time or this time? Are you available? No, I'm available at this time. Oh, I can't do then. How about this? Oh, that time just got snapped up. Instead of that, my guests just pick a time on my calendar using Acuity Scheduling. Having those transition times blocked off in my calendar means they can't accidentally choose an interview time that conflicts. When I do need to take a meeting, or I say yes to a speaking engagement or an appointment that impacts that held transition time, I'm able to make that decision with intention rather than accidentally. And when I don't need the transition time blocks, I just delete them. Easy peasy. Done. Finally, step three. Determine what you can do in advance to give yourself more breathing room when you know you're likely to be running late. Let's be honest, it's super tempting to leave small things until the last minute because we think they'll take less time than they actually do. That's a classic case of the planning fallacy in action. If you've ever been in one of my Get a Game Plan workshops or you've taken my Get a Game Plan course, I'll link it in the show notes for you, then you know that the planning fallacy describes our tendency as imperfect humans to consistently underestimate how long things take. So for example, in our minds, we envision that picking out an outfit before work will take us two minutes tops. But then when we stand in front of our closet for 10 minutes trying to figure out what to wear, we end up frantically running out the door wondering why we're late again. Or we think it'll take us five minutes to pack a lunch for the day and 15 minutes in, we're still slicing strawberries. Instead of saving small tasks that aren't actually small at all, until the last minute, how can you rearrange those small tasks to take place at other times during the day when you're less strapped for time? 
Can you choose your outfit for the day the night before as you're winding down? Can you meal prep and slice your fruits and veggies on Sunday afternoon instead of in the morning before you head out the door? There are almost always creative opportunities to do some rearranging so you're less frazzled when you're trying to get somewhere on time. And there you have it. Make a plan, map out your transition time, and rearrange your small tasks to create more breathing room. All right, everybody, how are we feeling? Ready to make the simple challenge of being on time more manageable? At the end of the day, just remember that tardiness is not a character flaw at all. But the good thing is that the habits and personality traits associated with constantly being late aren't permanent. And you can change them completely with a few great time management skills. Seriously, if I can do it, you can do it. And as always, all of the details from today's show can be found over in the show notes at abouttimepodcast.com forward slash 144. And if you want to take your time management skills to the next level and craft a productively successful life with the support of a community, my membership program, It's About Time Academy, is open to new members. You can learn more at annadcornick.com forward slash academy, and the link is also in the show notes. All right, that's it for today. I'll be back next week chatting with Heather Greco about how to control the chaos. You don't want to miss this one. I'll see you then. Thanks for listening to It's About Time, a podcast about work, life, and balance. Head over to www.abouttimepodcast.com to join the conversation. Check out the show notes and dive into bonus content so you can start living your best life today. Love this episode? Be sure to share it with a friend, subscribe, and leave a review. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you in the next episode.